so my biggest learning has been that people with disabilities or people of determination or people with special needs however you want to call them are the advanced souls you know they are here for a reason they are here to teach us there's so much to learn from them and to do that you have to really spend time with them and they teach you you know they don't have any negative emotions in them they don't have guilt they don't have jealousy they don't have greed they don't have uh, you know they, they they're just pure human beings and they live in the moment and that's what we need to learn from them you know Hello and welcome to the Kamalife podcast. Today I'm going to start with a quote. Hope is the thing with feathers that preaches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. Emily Dickson. This is the quote that describes our guest today. She is the founding member of SFS Special Families Support Group, a support group for families with children. with special needs also the founding member of ahura support and residential home in mumbai she is also the founder of ray of hope a csr initiative that empowers adults with special needs her life changed drastically when her second daughter zara was born in 1997 zara has been diagnosed with dravet syndrome a rare form of epilepsy which was triggered by a vaccine when she found out about her condition she went desperately seeking help and advice from other parents in similar situations as she was a new resident of dubai she felt as though she was drowning in self pity and that she was the only one going through the stages of guilt denial self pity anger hopelessness and finally the best stage of all acceptance thus SFS was born the motivation behind the group's initiation was to bring together and uplift children with special needs and most importantly their families SFS has grown to support over 500 families and has chapters in Abu Dhabi Bahrain Chennai and Mumbai truly spreading the motto of the support group respect love and accept individuals with special needs far and wide her dedication to her mission has made her win several prestigious awards including most inspiring woman award from arabian business and has been nominated for top 100 most powerful indian in the gcc for five consecutive years she has won the great woman award the princess haya award for outstanding family inspire award for guardian of the year by watson dubai She has been featured in Ehlan's Hot 100 People of UAE. She has won Jimmy Mystery Young Achievers Award and the list goes on. I'm proud and honored to have Gulshan Kavarana on my show today. Welcome Gulshan. Thank you so much for giving us this time. I'm so excited to learn about your journey and your service to humanity. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So please tell us about your early beginnings. Tell us about what got you to Dubai. and a little bit more about yourself 
So I was a young mother. I, I had my uh, older daughter when I was 25. My husband was in the merchant navy. So he was away most of the time. And, and those days were hard because, you know, I was a single mother bringing up my daughter. And then when I got pregnant with my second child, seven years later, my husband decided that it was time to pack up and, you know, settle down in a short job. So we applied to Dubai and luckily we got the job. And that's when we moved to Dubai. So I was pregnant with my second daughter. And, you know, everything was just like a fairy tale. You're in this beautiful place. Everything is just going fantastically. And then Zara is born. Um, you know, I had this thing with God, please just give me a normal child and I'll work with people with disabilities for the rest of my life. So Zara was born normal. Everything was absolutely great. So I started as a volunteer in the Center for Special Needs, Dubai Center for Special Needs. I have an art background. I've studied art. So I used to be in the art room, uh, you know, helping the art teacher. And there, there was a girl who had seizures. And every time she had a seizure in the class, I would leave because I didn't want to uh, see something. I mean, it's, it's really not a pleasant sight. So I used to leave and four months later, it was my turn to go through it. And I used to keep saying, how does a mother put up with something like this? You know, how does a mother put up with something like this? And yeah, I think God had his own uh, reasons to give uh, Zara to me. And so I, you know, it was the day Princess Diana died. And I took Zara to the hospital to give her a vaccine. And everything was absolutely fine. She didn't even cry. So I hugged the nurse and said, thank you so much, you know, for not causing any pain. And we got her home. She put her to bed in the night. Everything was normal. She didn't have fever. I didn't give her Panadol because there was no fever. Put her to bed. And around one o'clock, I was woken up with these very weird kind of sounds coming from her cot. So I, you know, I put the torch and I said, like, what's going on? And immediately I recognized the seizure from the school, uh, what I used to. And she was four months old. So it was 16 hours after the DPT vaccine. And she was, uh, you know, her whole body was seizing. And I woke my husband up. I said, there's something really wrong with Zara. And then, you know, he was, he picked her up from the, uh, from the cot. He put her on his shoulder and then she just went silent. And she had stopped breathing. And he said, I think we've lost her. Oh, wow. So we just just sat, you know, just helplessly. We, we didn't know what we were doing. We just sat there and he said, oh, she's gone. And uh, something I felt like really literally pushed me and said, get up, do something. You can't just sit. So I filled the bathtub and I didn't even know if she had fever. I called, I, we lived in the... Um, hotel apartment in those days. So I called the resident doctor there and I said, you know, my daughter, he said, if she's under six months, I, I won't be able to see her because you need to take her to the hospital. So he refused to see her, but he said, check if she has fever, but my hands were like ice cold. I couldn't even, um, uh, you know, feel. But I said, maybe she has fever. So I just dunked her in uh, the bathtub, you know, in tepid water just to get the fever down. 
and then we didn't have a car in those days we just moved so we called for a taxi we took her in a taxi to american hospital and she was blue by then and they gave her oxygen they revived her they did uh, cpr they you know they got her back and then they said don't worry this is this is a reaction to the vaccine but it's just a one off thing it's never going to happen again you need to continue vaccinating her so that's what we did we continued vaccinating and the more and the more we gave the more seizures started coming and then finally she was diagnosed with dravet syndrome which is a rare form of epilepsy and today she is the oldest living person with dravet syndrome in india and um, yeah so the doctors could not uh, could not tell at that time that these vaccines are not right for her so no they continued telling me that it's you know mandatory you have to it's just a one off thing don't bother about it but but she was reacting every single time that we were vaccinating her and i still believed in the system so much so i continued and i and then today zara is 25 years old she's on a diaper she has to be fed she has to all her daily living activities have to be met she is not capable of doing anything you know she has no uh, language she doesn't smile she doesn't uh, cry she's there but she's not there you know it's it's just like she's oh, that, part of i can't uh, even imagine that yeah. but but we just do everything because first of all that's what we have to do and we do it with uh, with with love i mean this is our child and these are her needs and so we have to meet with her needs and that's what we do every day and she continues having seizures and uh, and there's no cure for them there's no cure she's on five anti epileptic drugs in the daytime and five in the night so we've completely like drugged her out and she's uh, she's uh, like so tired all the time she she needs to sleep for so she's hardly her waking hours are very few in the day you know most of the time she is asleep she wakes up late and she has a breakfast has a shower she plays for a little while on her own then she has a lunch then again she takes a long nap then in the evening she uh, we take her for a walk or a drive and by 9 o'clock she's in bed again so that's her life so what took you to come to this level of acceptance i mean how did you feel when you discovered that she so when i used to be a volunteer there was a teacher there and she said you know she saw i was in despair and she said you know you need to join a support group you need the support i said but i can't find anything and she was canadian and she said listen if you can't find something start yours start your own i said but look at me i am in deep despair yeah i'm heartbroken i i need help so she said no you need to start something So then I got together with a psychologist her name is Aisha Said now she's running Manzil 
and we just in my living room we had six families and we uh, just spoke to those six families and we said what would you want you know how do you want the support group to proceed so they said listen we don't want to talk to therapists we don't want to talk to doctors we don't want that we just want a place where we can enjoy ourselves and enjoy our children and that's what we did you know so we just had one party after another and that's what we continue doing we every month we meet whoever wants to come joins us uh we get sponsored by, people just come forward and they say it was my daughter's birthday i want to celebrate uh, can i organize some food and so we we go to the parks which are now free for people with determination you know ue has done has really stepped up for making uh, lives better for people with special needs and so it's all free so we just go there and we hang out together everyone's laughing you know when you're in such a large group and you have your children which other people feel are misbehaving um uh, you know you, you're not embarrassed by it because everyone else's child is also doing the same yeah. thing they're having meltdowns which they can't control yeah. you know they're not having tantrums it's the way neurotypical yes. people have tantrums correct but the children with special needs have meltdowns which is not in their control they can't help it so when they're having the it's it's okay you know no one's even bothered to look because we've all gone through it we know what it is and the child once it can regulate itself you know he's fine and he's back playing with everyone and the mother once you know i feel if you empower the mother the whole family dynamics changes because the mother is the one who really needs the to be empowered she's the one who's the caregiver for the child exactly wow that's beautiful i mean i'm i'm so i i speechless for what you do and how you've done it it's it's just been so beautiful so what shifted like you know what did you what did you feel that, that i mean like you said that the canadian um your coworker or your co- uh, your teammate tell you told you you started so how did you i mean how did you find that motivation you know what shifted to give you that strength to be able to say that i will do this you know it's it's not easy like of course you were heartbroken you were going through your own things but to be able to stand up and say that you know i will do this and i will uh, initiate this and i will drive this is takes a lot of work and courage and a lot of evolution i want to say and giving strength to yourself before you can give strength to someone else so tell us about that like what shifted how was your journey so you know i zara in those days was getting 10 to 15 seizures a day each wow. lasting more than 10 minutes some half an hour some even an hour and i was exhausted she was not sleeping she didn't sleep for the first 2 years of her life not a single night no one was believing me but you know when the family came and they lived with us and they realized that yeah she's really not sleeping so she she just could not sleep even we were giving her diazepam you know a strong medication valium was given to her she just could not sleep and uh, i was exhausted but then i i also needed an outlet and this for me was like that outlet and then when i saw that it was 
making others so happy you know i just i just got that encouragement being with yeah. them like yeah. you know because yeah. just physically being with people speaking to them with love seeing and them, giving them hope them, giving them hope that yeah. is what was giving them hope gave you hope give, give was giving me the hope yeah. yeah wow so i was i started off honestly selfish reasons for myself because i was in such deep despair i started it for myself you know but i didn't realize that it's going to change so many people's lives and it's always that that you feel that you will benefit from it it's always a two way thing exactly and then of course i feel then you end up also benefiting others when you benefit yourself like i say in my book in every way when you serve yourself when you love yourself you're able to love other people more exactly. you're able to serve other people more because you are already serving yourself so you are filling your bucket and so you can pour from that exactly wow that's that's really beautiful so what does sfs actually do like of course you said you plan gatherings and besides that what what else do you do like who are the people who could come to you so i'll tell you what we did during the pandemic because i think it was really nice people were all at home we uh, you know let me first let me tell you what happened during the pandemic so my mother in law passed away on the 9th of march oh, wow. so my husband and i um, you know we just took the decision we just flew down we said no point taking zara because she's not going to wear the mask and you know the mask was just out at that time and uh, you know we didn't even know the word covid it was corona corona was yeah. the term being used so we left zara with our helper saraswati and we went to bombay and uh, the and we were going to attend the press for 10 days and then the lockdown happened and so we were stuck in bombay for four months while zara was in uh, dubai alone oh my god and yeah. that must be the first time ever right no okay. we we have left her before okay but not for such course, an extent course, it was yeah. always for a week or 10 days but never never this long and uh, you know that gave me a fantastic sense of understanding that i'm not indispensable and nor is my husband if we are not there zara will be taken care of and i think yeah those four months were really long to get that understanding but it came and then i tell everyone you know that don't think that without you your child is not going to survive the child can survive and you need a system in place you need the close friends so we had friends our friends tanaz and riyan who came every single day to take her for a drive in the ranches you know because you couldn't four people more than more four than, yes, you yes. couldn't more than three people couldn't yes. sit in a car and so in the ranches they were just taking her around and i had that kind of support system you know saraswati really stepped up and uh, every single day she sent us videos and she said zara theek hai you know and then she said zara mummy daddy ko hi bolo sister jinaya ko and you know we love those videos we still it's all on our family chat and we keep going back to it and you know zara in her different outfits every single day for four months you know we have this collection it's beautiful you know it is and that again shows that you have to also take care of yourself yeah. so it's okay if you know 
you're not and nobody's indispensable nobody's indispensable the creator takes care of but you everything. just feel that oh my god what's going to happen after me what's going to happen so that's the reason the aura support group was formed in uh, mumbai you know because i wanted a residential home it's not fair that my older daughter would have to take on the responsibility after we are no more you know it's not it's not her responsibility we brought zara into the world it's our responsibility to see where she can be placed if janaya and her husband decide that no she would they would rather have her live with them That's you know it. it's it's a big bonus it's it's wonderful but it's not yeah the so that so tell us more about aura the residential so the aura support group started because i live in a parsi colony in mumbai and invariably people would come up to me and say so how's your daughter so i know they're talking about zara but i would tell them all about janai <laughs> and they say no 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 the one that's less you know in gujarati they would say ochi and that's and i said are you calling my daughter less is that how you see her so they said but we don't know how to address her i said she has a name just say how's zara you don't have to say anything else sure. so um, you know i start i i got all the people in the colony to understand what it is to have a child with special needs how do you address them even if they don't say hello you have to come and smile at them you can say hello to them teach your children to do that and uh, that gave birth to the support group in mumbai and then a friend of mine who talked she she stepped up and she said you know um, i've always wanted to do something and i now i found my calling and i want to take this forward so guide me through it and then she started the residential home which now has about 25 uh, adults with disabilities all who don't have their parents anymore you know so they live there and they, they live have there. taken care like a yeah. organization like they a, take care of yeah. their food and their needs and everything and then uh, they go for vocational training and so so i would want zara to be there as well you know and so now i don't have this fear of what's going to happen to zara after we are no more and i don't wish for her to die before me you know like most parents feel like that. feel that we just hope that our child dies before us and then so she doesn't suffer more yeah but without you but there's no point of wishing for you know it will happen when it has to happen correct so yeah and then who pays for the is it like a charitable organization it, or, or no we do take they we do take uh, a substantial amount from the families it's a one time uh, payment like a membership uh, yeah. fee yeah and then after that they're just taken care of Uh, okay. the medical and the food and the training and everything okay it's fantastic but that's again such a good deed because that's so true and i i feel you said it so rightly that why should your daughter second your first daughter take care of your second yeah, daughter yeah it's not her it's not her it's not her responsible everybody feels that no that's how it should be but it it's not In reality, it's really it not because yeah, yeah because she has she has her own right family and, and her own life yeah, yeah. to deserve yeah. a full and whole life wow so what is your learning been along this beautiful and challenging journey what is your one biggest learning if i may so my biggest learning has been that people with 
disabilities or people of determination or people with special needs, however you want to call them, are the advanced souls. You know, they are here for a reason. They are here to teach us. There's so much to learn from them. And to do that, you have to really spend time with them. And they teach you, you know, they don't have any negative emotions in them. They don't have guilt, they don't have jealousy, they don't have greed, they don't have, uh, you know, they, they, they're just pure human beings. And they live in the moment. And that's what we need to learn from them, wow. you know. Yeah. And, if, and if we can pick up things from them, I think your life, uh, for me, that's been my purpose in life. So I found it and I'm so happy where I am. And I wouldn't trade it for anything, you know. That's so amazing. And that's so deep and that's so true, actually, that we have to go through that whole cycle of being able to evolve and leave behind our or let go of all these uh, feelings of guilt and uh, no judgment. They judgment. just don't judge yes. you. They don't care, you know, whether my hair is grey or it's straight or it's curled or have I put makeup or they don't care about these things. Yeah. All these things don't matter to them. This this actually see your soul, and if they connect with you, and you connect with them, you know, it's on a soul level. It's beautiful. Uh, that is indeed very very beautiful. So tell us. So I was telling Sorry. you about the what we did during the pandemic, the SFS, yes. yeah. So the families were all stuck at home. You know, they were tired of these Zoom sessions of dancing and singing. And, you know, we were doing it every single day. We had young volunteers from schools coming in and teaching, but they were tired of doing the same stuff. So I said, why don't we just get Bollywood stars? to talk to them. Oh my God, wow. So my sister knows quite a few of them oh. in Mumbai. So we started with Arshad Varsi, you know, a friend of mine, Nargis. She said, I know Arshad, we went to school together. I said, great. So, so we started with him. Next came Bamani Rani. And he, when I called them and I said, this is, would you be willing to, you know, give one hour of your time for something like this. And they, I thought they would, you know, jump at it. But all of them, each and everyone who came on was petrified. They said, but we've never spoken to a hundred people with special needs. And uh, what are we supposed to say to them? I said, this is the first time you don't have to tell us your story. We know your story. We know which movies you've done. We know everything about you. Listen to them. So you will listen to their stories and their lives and what they have accomplished or what they want to do in life and what their dreams are. So it was it was so nice. And we had Jackie Shroff and we had Juhi Chawla and we had Jim Saab. And, you know, they were they were all it was, it was such a fantastic. Uh, and those one hour sessions used to go on for two, two and a half hours because everybody wants to. Everybody wanted to dance with Shamak Dawar. Everyone wanted to sing for Anu Malik. You wow, know? It's amazing. <laughs> and whether wow, they could well sing done. or not, you know, it, that is what it is, you know. I, I enjoy singing, so I'm going to sing to Anu Malik. So. <laughs> beautiful. How beautiful and how uh, heartwarming. 
It was it was really nice. And now they all asking me when are we going to continue? But I have exhausted all the connections. I don't have any more people that we can bring on. But if anyone is willing to, you know, absolutely, we'd love it. Absolutely, absolutely. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, and I'm 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 just so fascinated by the way you're doing it with so much love and grace, and you know, creating these beautiful moments for these families, and it's just so beautiful. Like, it was um, a two-way thing. They were they benefiting. Learned, they yes, were learning sure. as well. <laughs> Anumale, and they all had tears at the end of it, and you know, they were all like, they said this was the best way that we've spent an hour or whatever two two and a yeah. half hours. The ones who spent more time. They enjoyed it so much. I can imagine. Wow. So tell us about your uh, journey as an art mentor. When did that start, and how did that happen? So I used to be a volunteer in the school for special needs in the art room, and you know I used to work with the adults, mainly with the adults there. And I had my mother, who my mother was a very young widow, and she had she brought two of us up, my sister and I. and she always felt that you need to be financially independent so she said you know what you're doing is all nice sfs and dubai center it's, it's nice it's all voluntary and then i was winning all these awards and i said mom i won this award i'm in the newspaper for this and she said i, I was always looking for validation from her and, and she said uh, when you're financially independent you're successful so right now you're not <laughs> so <laughs> so i was 46 and i was offered a job at mawaib it was an art studio for adults with disabilities and you know when the director came and she said would you like to come in as a volunteer i almost said yes but then my mother's voice was there and i said you know what no i will come in if you uh, i need to be paid so at 46 i got my first job and i started uh, mentoring uh, adults with disabilities and again as an artist i was learning from them every single day that there is no right and wrong in art you know correct and you don't have to do it for someone else to appreciate it or to buy the work you just do it for yourself they were only creating the art for themselves they were not doing it for me they were not doing it for exhibitions they were just doing it for themselves they like to mix uh, a brown with a green which normally wouldn't go together but it doesn't matter that's what they like and that's what they want to show the world that i mix these colors together amazing and so it's like freedom for it them was, it was and i was learning from them every single day so what we used to do is uh, you know get an artist we we would sit and discuss that there's this artist called frida kahlo now she suffered injuries when she was young and then she had no background in art but she started painting her father you know she was wearing a cast she was in she was bedridden she had broken her spine and her father gave her a canvas you know when she was on the bed and then she had to just draw it and she was drawing on the canvas lying on the bed and so they said but they could relate to her there was another artist called basquiat who was in new york he was a drug addict he died at the age of 27 again he had no background in art 
so they said a lot he's a lot like us we are taking drugs as well different kinds of drugs but uh, we are also on medication and uh, <laughs> so we don't have a background in art either so you know we were looking at these artists and then doing it in their style and such beautiful art was coming out of that and then sadly in 2020 uh, mawaib shut down because of covid now it's reopened again that's beautiful but then i started uh, i moved on and i started mentoring two adults with disabilities is abdullah lutfi and asma bakar and abdullah today is one of the most sought after artists for a live art he commands uh, 18000 dirhams uh, and you know people don't see him as an artist on the autism spectrum they see him as an artist in its own right yeah oh. and so we traveled to washington we were invited there we recently went to japan he was invited there by the uae embassy for the 50th anniversary it was it was just uh, amazing that people are recognizing him and asma and asma is a motivational speaker she's been she's written a book on poems which is going to be at the literature festival she's going to read out her poems at uh, the lit festival you know which is everyone's dream absolutely and and she's uh, and she did not speak for 6 years and then when she did uh, she opened the special olympics in 2019 so soon after sheikh uh, mohammed spoke it was her you know she she was the next person who opened the special olympics amazing. and she spoke in front of 40000 people so yeah wow. it's it's amazing to see them reach these new heights in life absolutely i mean i'm i think i'm pretty much speechless in this whole uh, <laughs> episode with what you're doing and how you're contributing to humanity and how you're contributing to these uh, beautiful children with uh, determination children and adults children yeah. and adults with determination and it's just fantastic uh, it's just so 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 beautiful thank you and keep on doing this beautiful work and i want to say and i started a, a company called ray of hope where uh, it's a csr initiative so we do csr with the corporates where we uh, invite the corporates to come and work with us and you know the the artists with special needs they are the ones who teach so abdullah teaches you how to draw there's a guy who's deaf who teaches you how to dance there's another guy who's deaf his name is victor sitali he uh, teaches sign language you know and all this you learn in the in a period of 3 hours and you you go home with a beautiful painting so the corporates take a painting and all the uh, people with special needs who are working with us all of them get paid so we are empowering them they love coming they keep asking me when's the next csr event because they they're getting paid and yeah and they are uh, helping society you know yeah that's that's really something that is needed i think exactly uh, especially when you build uh, work culture in any organization csr is such a major part of it how you give back you know and i think a lot of speakers and authors have spoken about this that what is the why of your company you know why are you doing what you're doing are you making enough contribution to society while making money or taking care of your bottom line so that's fantastic i think uh, we would also benefit uh, from this uh, and definitely keep you in touch right yes. we will we'll come Absolutely. and we'll do it with you 
and you know we we because a blank canvas is quite daunting for most people you know they say uh, what do we do how do we paint how do we even begin so we break it down abdullah will teach you drawing you know and then you just with chalk you start we are playing music everyone's dancing it's a lot of fun and the corporates when we ask them how was it and how was your experience and they always say that we we felt like uh, we were on a holiday we've just been on a holiday and now we've come back rejuvenated yes. and so that's the feedback we get that's amazing that's amazing thank you so much again for doing this um i'd like to close with one uh, more question um there might be times that uh, your situation circumstances would pull you down a little bit we all humans we go through these uh, emotions you know we go through these uh, i feel uh, challenges internal challenges how do you lift yourself up because of course you are in a different challenging situation but we all as humans normal in everybody in normal has. situations like we really go down sometimes be it like we didn't deliver something well at work or maybe we were not available for our children for some reason but something is there always to put us down and so in that uh, moment how do you lift yourself up so i believe it talking about it writing about it you know if i'm really angry with god and zara i suffered a lot uh, i write letters to god and say i hate you and please um, expressing yourself fully yeah. and i have journaling. an amazing amazing husband who i'm so blessed you know i shared with him and he again he lives in the moment and he says why are you overthinking there's no point you know there's don't go there and if my thoughts uh, constantly take i say i'm not going i'm not going there it's not worth it it's finished it's in the past I come back come back to the moment and uh, my my older daughter i just call her i uh, i have a grandson now I, when i watch him on video you know my so just 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 changing you just for yeah. what what is in the moment rather exactly. than what was yeah that's beautiful and he can just he says hi gigi and you ask him where do you live he lives in mumbai but he says where do you live rayan and he says in mumbai in dubai so you know he just brings his file on your face he's only 2 years old so just watching him i just tell my daughter just keep the camera na just let me just watch him and she says mom it's so creepy you're just watching like that <laughs> yeah but that's amazing so think about be present in the in the, in the moment and uh, yeah and be talking grateful, about it talking yeah. about your yeah. feelings and how you feel and if you want to cry and it's really bringing you down then cry watch a sad movie i love doing that i love crying in movies and uh, yeah just let it out <laughs> and you feel so good and then you actually you're crying because of the situation in your life in your life but, but you feel you're crying because of the movie, movie. <laughs> so yeah yeah i think that's happened with me too <laughs> i was so emotional in most movies and uh, then i was like what is this emotion is this for the movie i am i getting too attached to the movie or is it something in me that and and you know when you're in your 30 40s 50 now i'm i've turned 59 this year um it's something wonderful in being in your 50s you know you don't have your 
uh, emotions going up and down as much. It's a beautiful decade to be in, you know. I'm turning 60 yeah, next year. I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah. It's, you know, you, you evolve. With yes. age, you yes. evolve. And you have a far more understanding about life than you did when you were younger. And you allow yourself, you know, that, okay, this is my time to go through this right now. Correct. So well said and so thoughtful, like thoughtfully put together. Thank you again. Thank you for being on this show. Thank you for your time and thank you for doing all the amazing work that you do. Um, so how can the listeners support you? I know you said there's Ray of Hope, yeah. which is for CSR initiatives for businesses. There is SFS where we can come and partake come, and yeah. participate and yeah. help celebrating birthdays and things like that. Exactly. And then there is the um, the home in India, in the India. Aura. Uh, yeah. Uh, Our support. support. Yeah. So these are the three ways we can help you. Exactly. Uh, fantastic. So um, thank you again. And I'm looking forward to collaborating with you, to helping you, to helping all your, uh, I guess, the community that you so, so lovefully serve to. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. so much. Thank you. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Come Alive podcast with Gulshan Kavarana. I hope you felt as deeply as I did listening to her and her journey and you know how you can support her as well. All information regarding this episode is in the bio. Please leave us a like, comment, share it with whoever needs to hear it. Hit the subscribe button, the notification bell and lots of love. See you soon.